It's going to be a little different this morning. We're not uh, continuing, uh, uh, we're not going into the series Restoration Man, which is carry on, I think, after West Point uh, for a week or so. And uh, I'm not going to be preaching quite in an ordinary way. Um, might do a little mini preach part of this. Uh, we're a little bit open to seeing how God leads us. Uh, but I'm going to introduce a very dear friend who's staying with us at the moment um, and uh, give a bit of background and then he's going to come up and tell you a bit about uh, where he's leading a church in India. So a brief bit of background. I've been going to India for many years. I first went in 1989. I had a privilege of seeing many churches uh, growing there, not through my ministry particularly, but just watching them happening and growing. And one of those was a church plant 25 years ago, I think, into a city called Nasik, which is about three hours on a train north of Mumbai. Uh, if you've got some idea in your head uh, of where Mumbai is over on the west side of India. And uh, major capital, big commercial center. And there was a church plant started under a leader called Sydney, who has been here and visited. Um, and it went out from Living Word Church, which is the church I visit in Mumbai. So 25 years ago, a small group of people went up there. And they did plant a predominantly English-speaking church, which is fine. But that's what they were, their background. But that is slightly relevant to the story, so bear with me. So they planted this, and it grew and established itself quite a bit with a, 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 a predominantly English-speaking congregation. Now, um, Nasik is 2 million people. It's a big city, and it's, uh, we'll hear a little more about it in a moment from Rupesh, I guess. But... It is uh, very much an Indian city. It's not so cosmopolitan as you might think of um, Mumbai. So the local people, generally speaking, are Maharati-speaking and Hindi-speaking. So uh, the church was successful. One convert will meet in a few minutes, uh, and he'll tell us how he became a Christian in a few minutes. But Rupesh, I think, was saved about 12 years ago into the church, discipled by Sydney. And uh, the church has grown, and then Sydney handed over to Inda. Uh, Inda went to Bangalore, and two years ago, and I was involved in those changes that I've described, two years ago, Rupesh took over leading the church. This is a big, big step, good step. And uh, we're going to hear more in a moment. But I was asking him yesterday, he only arrived Friday night, and, and he said now 80% of the church has grown quite a bit, is local Maharati speaking. So it's really impacting the area. And he'll tell us about that in a moment. And he himself has seen a lot of fruit as he led the church. But you need to know that Rupesh, this is his first time in the UK. It's his first time outside of India. And uh, you need to know that he's a very brave and bold guy. But um, English, I think, is about one of three languages, isn't it? It's Maharati and Hindi mostly. Uh, he does well, uh, but we're going to do a sort of interview thing in a moment. And he's going to tell us a bit about his family, a bit about the church, and a bit of his testimony. Amen? Amen? All right. Now, I want you to give a warm welcome to Ripesh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Greetings for, from Nasik Grace Church. Please bear with me. I'm not good fluent in English. 
My third language is English. Yes, it's good. That's very important for the success of what you're doing. We're going to put up a photograph. First one, please. Marion and I had the privilege of staying uh, in Nasik, and this picture was when we had a lovely dinner in your house. Tell us who's in the picture. This is my precious family. My wife, Sunita. Uh, she's angel for me. Every time she supports me. She's a teacher, but she left her job to help me to leading a church. My elder daughter, Rebecca, she's doing her university educations there. And my smaller, elder, uh, youngest, Reha, she's in fourth standard. So. Yeah, they're, they're good. They're a lovely family. We had a good time there, didn't we, Marion? Where are you? You, said, <laughs> yeah, Matt, you probably took the photograph because it's one of the better ones. If, if, in a moment, the photographs have been taken by the Groves couple. If it's a fuzzy, awkward one, it was taken by yours truly, which will become obvious because Marion is in the fuzzy ones. So, uh, uh, okay. No, no. We're gonna, that, before we go about us and that, <laughs> I want you to tell us a little bit about the city of Narsik just a little bit about the sort of city it is. Thank you. Uh, Nasik is a Hindu spiritual city. It's a many around in the city, 5,000 temples are there. Many, many, many temples. Everywhere you will find the temple. We have, in the Hindu religions, we have 30, 100 millions God, millions God. So every, every situation we have in Hindu religion, one a God. So this city is work as a spiritual city. We have a 22 uh, million people live in Nasik city. Actually. They all uh, two million. Sorry, yeah. two million people. Yeah. They all Marathi-speaking people, and they are local people. Yeah, it's good. And you took, as I said, the church two years ago, yeah. leading the church. And I want you to tell us a little bit about maybe like how the church is now. What's happened yeah. in these last year, one, two years? Yeah. yeah. The Nasik Great Church always lead by big guys, big, uh, big anointing people, big gifted <laughs> people, Sydney and Inder. And they are very good. Sydney is a very good pastoral, caring. Inder is a very high teaching, by biblical teaching. And by, by God's grace, they, they moved for big, big cities. And two years, last two years, I am leading I don't know fluent English. I don't know anything. But God grace upon my life, and I'm praying, starting pray about the Holy Spirit. Please help me. I don't have anything. But within the six months, little my life has changed. Holy Spirit encountering me so powerfully, so powerfully. Uh, our uh, congregations, we are believing our congregation, one church, many, many congregations, so we have two congregations now. We are planting third congregations uh, in the city. So the Holy Spirit encountering people's lives, my lives. It's, uh, peop- we are counseling people many years, their marriages and their life. And suddenly, within the six months, Holy Spirit encountering people and their life is changing. Their marriage is strengthening. Their life is changing. Many people, every Sunday, each and now two years, every Sunday we saw the miracles happening. People are get free from evil power, sicknesses, encountering with Holy Spirit, anointing fresh. Even new people, they are entering. One day, one girl has entered the hall, and the Holy Spirit encountered him, and they are de- she is demonized, and she get manifestation on the on the gate. So, so we are enjoying the presence of Holy Spirit. 
we are just yeah uh, and I you've got you've got people bat- you had a lot of people baptized yeah, yeah. The t- next sunday we'll baptize uh, 15 people every uh, last week uh, last year we baptized uh, 24 25 people we accept 25 24 people in our yeah. membership so we are growing where when uh, now we are taking different different places in the city not only city but we are taking another cities the yeah, two cities major planting cities planting congregations, congregations out in nearby yeah. cities and towns so your congregations the main one one is maharati speaking yeah. how how big roughly uh, marathi people uh, marathi congregation is 80 80 80, 80 people 80 people and you see quite a lot of save there don't yeah, you yeah. they are all hindu people they are all uh, come background hindus family yeah. now they are really born again they are serving god they are enjoying they are encountering they are spirit filled people and they are anointed yeah and then the other congregation english speaking uh, yeah the in- english and hindi english hindi these bilingual we service the bilingual hindi and english they are um, of 150 people we gather the hindi english yeah. they, they are all uh, educated and yeah. english catholic backgrounds mixture all over the india yeah and it's it's good it really is growing you there's got a third congregation yeah which you is you've just started have you yeah the now the next year we are starting a next uh, third congregation in the city we stay 12 kilometer 12 kilometer miles 10 miles it's, yeah yeah so we are starting third congregation. It's a Hindi Marathi congregations, and in the city. Yeah, in, we are entering the city. We are not out of the city now. And this guy is a real evangelist. Actually, he's a good leader, and uh, it's been a bold move for uh, Rupesh to lead the church. It was a bold move to hand it over to him, uh, and it was right. Um, and the church has grown quite a lot, particularly with local folk getting healed and a lot of. Deliverance from demons. I mean, it's quite fun when you're there. It's quite spectacular sometimes. Um, We never know what might happen today, so be on your guard. Uh, Or don't be on your guard. Be open. (laughs) What what would I want to ask you now? I'm going to just show the land. There's a, a big patch of land that New Frontiers bought years ago, and they've done nothing with it. Nothing's much has happened with it. But in the last year, you've begun to work on this land. Uh, let's put a couple of pictures up, first of all, if you, and then you'll get us... This is Mary and I visited. It's a big patch of land, which is quite important, on the outskirts of Narsik, near where the city's expanding. Can you pop... We'll pop several. There's the fuzzy one with Marion's smile. That's, that's one I took, okay? And that's Sunita. This, this is people just working on it, just to get a feel in the hot weather. Keep going, please. Uh, I don't know if there's many more, even. Probably aren't. Just a few. I think about <laughs> a few that Marion took. So... Um, but basically, this is a really exciting thing to have, this land, but I, I perhaps can't convey. Nobody's done anything with it for 20 years. It was bought with a stonely offering or something. What is your vision? What are you going to build there? What's going to happen now? This last year, God, uh, this is, uh, we bought from 18 years back, but it's some problem is going on. The so last year, when I started the leading, we, I'm starting praying for the land. God, this opened this land. And surprisingly, God gave a grace and he's got our everything. We win the uh, case and we got our land all. So we build a... Uh, uh, Krupa there? Yeah. We want explain to, what Krupa is? It's two purpose we build, uh, bought for land. It's a Krupa land. It's a, called a destitute 
old lady. We are uh, destitute building. old ladies. Yeah. Right? They, we, yeah. We want to build for home there to destitute lady because it's the spiritual city. When the twelve year, yeah. I want to know why we are building there, because every twelve year it's a, when Kumbh Mela. It's called a Kumbh Mela. It's a spiritual uh, hub there. So many Hindu people and different people they bring their old mother and father and they leave leave them left them and they go, went that, back i hope you got that because this literally happens in huge numbers every 12 years there's a special hindu festival people bring their elderly family parents and they abandon them they literally abandon them as part of this whatever goes on and there are just lots of elderly people very destitute and the church has had a heart for this haven't you yeah. and you've begun had a home for yeah. them so so we are trying to get these ladies and to get their home. So we are trying to build their home for the studio ladies. And we, we want to, as a, a community center in this land, so we are planning to pre-primary school. To school is a very open uh, for, uh, yeah. for uh, in city. People will get, we can interaction the people, we can teach the biblical values to children. We can raise the city, good values and biblical. That's why we're planning, we want evangelism city. So that's why we're planning to pre-primary school also there. And there will be a lot of uh, housing around this land. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think the God thing is, it's 18 years of doing nothing, or 20 years, you think, oh, so what was that all about? But actually, those, in those years, more has been built around the land. It, yeah. it was out, out in the country, yeah. wasn't 20 it? 20 years before, it's out of the city. No yeah. one is go there. <laughs> Only animals stay there. Now, is a 20 year, up yeah. to 20 years, all around the cities. It's yeah. now in the city. Yeah. So we're, I, I want you to get this because we might try it, and we won't be, be the answer to it all, but we might try and help there. There's a, they already look after these elderly ladies in a rather restricted home. The plan is to have a multi-purpose building there, basically, a school for the area and old people's home and a meeting place for the school, for the church. So they've got the land, they've got a decent wall around it, and they're beginning to work on it. So that's good. And now I want you to tell them how you became a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> and a little of your family back, yeah. just a little. Yeah, I'm, uh, I already told I'm from Hindu background. I am a very peculiar Hindu. I am everything believing. Uh, after 12 years before, uh, my life is not. Uh, I'm alone. I don't have a friend that time. My family life is not working. I'm always fighting with my mommy and daddy and my brothers. That's why I'm always alone. I want to peace. I want to secure my future. I want to uh, enjoy my life. That's why I started to drug, taking a drugs, alcohol and tobaccos, different, different tobaccos. And I, I quite hap happily I am doing that. After s some year... I feel it's not getting me wholeness. It's, I'm empty. Still, I'm alone. Still, I'm, uh, still I'm, I'm not changed. My life is not enjoying. So one day, I went, uh, this is, I told about the 12-year uh, Kumbh Mela. This year, that last 12 year, this is the Kumbh Mela. I, the, the Hindu thought is, when you bath in the, this river, Godavari River, it's called a Godavari. You bath there, your all sin will be forgiven. So I went for the forgive, uh, for my sin. I take the bath. I take holiday. I'm the kitchen supervisor for three-star hotel, five-star hotel. Then I'm returning home. That's my brother have one friend. We went there for home. I saw the Bible. 
and I asked, can I read this Bible? I, want to re- I like to reading. So they gave me a whole Bible. When I went home, I started reading. Within the 15 days, I read whole Bible. <laughs> I start the morning 7 o'clock and I finish the evening 7 o'clock. I left my job for the, just reading the Bible. So within the five books, uh, Genesis to Deuteronomy, I convert it. Convert it down. Genesis to Deuteronomy. I understand. Yeah, this is a five book. It's a, it's a super powerful word. I know, I understand. I am a sinner and God is holy. And you want to forgive me. But I don't know about the Jesus when I'm praying. Because I just five, read the five books. So I pray the Lord, you are the God. Please, you are the true God. Please help me. I want to give up the drugs, alcohol, everything. I want to enjoy. I want to peace. I want to be settled with your relationship with you. Just I pray on my knees and I forgot. The next day morning, I went to the take tobacco. So I went and I want to eat tobacco. There's something happening in my inside. I throw it. I run it in my bedroom. Oh, Lord, forgive me. Onward, I will not eat anything. And that time, not just I give up my any drugs and that, but it's changing my heart. When I'm speaking some lie, when it's very, I'm afraid. Why I'm speaking lie? When I will tell the truth, then I will settle your peace in my heart. So I'm so upset. My friends are smoking cigarettes and they are giving me, and I'm taking, but I can't smoke. So I say, oh, so yeah, I'm... I'm in problem because I read the Bible and I cannot do anything. <laughs> so my parents seeing my change, my, I left my job. The, my people, uh, my family as a Hindu, they are disturbed about my behavior. They don't want to, uh, I'm reading the Bible. They throw it, throw the Bible. And again, I found it and I will read. Latin, within the uh, six months, one day I pray, I'm praying just for my mummy. I'm telling to God who can heal. So one day I'm praying for mother. When I start the prayer, she's demonized. She's manifestation starting. So I, I, I never know what is happening to her. So I phoned the Sydney and the whole family, dramatically, all my grandpa, grandfather, my auntie, my uncle, my brother, my cousins, my everywhere. Every relatives had changed, and they are believing Jesus, and they are now in the church. Yeah. It, just, just to help you, because you, you work out that Rupesh is giving us the headlines, but basically you, he connected with Sydney somehow in Grace Church, and Sydney was great, just yeah. helping you to understand uh, yeah, yeah, about I, I, Jesus. I, I You're going to tell yeah, that yeah. bit. And then they all now are in Grace Church. It's family. good. I'm good. sorry, I'm telling your testimony so, for you. I so my you... friend invited me to a great church. One day is an evangelistical event. I already converted. I already saved by God's grace. I already Bible. No one tell about Jesus. But they invite me to church. When I came to church, I saw the people love and saw the people joy and enjoying. I meet the Sydney. And Sydney to, I told Sydney what's happening wrong with me, happening with me when I read the Bible. So he tell me about the Jesus. He died for your sin, whatever, everything. And I, that onward day, I started the Grace Church to, in, uh, as yeah. a member. Yeah, and, and all your family came to know Jesus, eh? Yeah, all family, and they are now in Grace Church. They're all in Grace Church. That's great. It's a whole household saved. Isn't that good? I know you clap before. You can clap again now. <laughs> no, I've got it. <laughs> That's great. 
Praise God. I, I think it's a good, it's a true story, of course, but it's a good story about the fruit, you know? Do you see what I mean? A church is planted. It doesn't happen overnight. About 12 years into the church plant, key guys saved. They had seen others saved. Whole family saved. 12 years later, he's leading the church and seeing many of his, um, his, his, his fellow people saved. I mean, how, what's the proportion now in the church? Is 80%, is it? 80% local Maharati speak? Yeah. yeah. So, so it's changed a lot, really, over the 20 years. Yeah. Over the 5, 10 years. 5, 10 years. Yeah. And you're seeing lots of things happening on gospel, people becoming Christians on Sunday mornings at the moment. Yeah. Every Sunday we are seeing the uh, new newcomers and they're touched by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We're enjoying that. Yeah. Well, we're going to let Rupesh join me in praying in a moment for us when I've finished. And we're, I mean, you know, obviously there's a language barrier, but there's no barrier in the Holy Spirit. Uh, and the same God in Nasik and in, and in Winchester. And Rupesh is a great guy for going out and let me praise a lot for the sick. And uh, also a great one for just bringing people to Jesus, reaping. So we're going to pray for that. And we're going to have a little time of openness to the Holy Spirit at the end, which will be interesting. And I'm sure fruitful. But I'm going to ask you to sit down for uh, 20 minutes. Okay. Praise God. Let's give him another clap as he sits down. I did say you'd be friendly, which you are, but it's quite a big culture gap. You can't believe it unless you've been to countries like India. So, you know, I picked up Rupesh on Friday morning, uh, evening, and there's just nobody anywhere in the streets. So where are all the people? Uh, I mean, if you ever go to somewhere like Nasik or, or anywhere, actually, in India, where it's not only warmer but crowded, there's just people everywhere, 24 hours, there's people on the street, sleeping on the street, little things. And then you drive from Heathrow to our house in Badger Farm. We did not see a person other than in a car or a house. That's okay. That's, we're English. But, it's a, <laughs> but he's doing really well with all the very, very many things you're learning about being in England. But you're quite enjoying it, aren't you? You said it's peaceful. Very well organised. He's amazed how everything's organised. We went around Sainsbury's. How the parking is organised? I said, oh, we can do (laughs) organised. It's good. Um, Okay. Let's just talk about the ends of the earth for a few moments. I want to share something which is a little bit personal as well, really. When I I grew up a fairly parochial-minded young man, uh, 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 grew up in Hastings and ultimately ended up teaching there. Ended up leading a small uh, charismatic fellowship in Hastings. And uh, I, I, I suppose I never thought about the nations, honestly. I wasn't that interested in what was going on in the rest of the world. And you occasionally heard missionary talks and things, and I would sort of glaze over, really. I mean, a lot of people aren't like that because that's your heart, but that's great. That's the natural gift. My interest was to see people in my town saved, which is not a bad thing, and was to want to teach them the Bible and help them to understand to be good Christians. And that's all very commendable. But I had what I would now call a very limited parochial view. I just want to see the church in Hastings grow. And, And then... That is added to by busyness of life. So I had uh, uh, a job. I was a, a church elder and a school teacher for four years doing the two things. And uh, I, I also had a growing family, 
in the end, we had three children and they're growing in responsibility. So I haven't got time to worry about the nations. But I was not allowing for apostolic gifting, which Terry Virgo showed and which Guy Miller shows, I believe. And the apostolic lifts your eyes above the local. And there's often a tension in you, especially as a local leader, but even as just a person sometimes, you think, well, I'm interested in my job and my problems and my family and my little church, and I want to see my church grow. And you think, don't tell me about going here, there, and everywhere. And I mean, probably nobody says this very publicly, but it's often inside. You're not. You're. You're. You're actually more interested in yourself and what you're doing. And I would certainly have been in a position like that. But Terry was a great one for sharing with us God's heart for the whole world and for the nations. And then he would take you with him on trips. My very first overseas trip was to uh, America and mostly to Mexico. It was a very strange trip. It was in 1985. Why was it strange? Well, my father died two days after I got to Mexico, and I had to have uh, a change in flight and fly straight back to England to be with my mother and with Marion, who was standing with my mother. And her father had been ill, but the doctor said he would have months. He had, I flew off, and he was dead within 48 hours of me leaving. So it was a strange experience, and I came back uh, to really be part with his funeral. So that was an interesting, and that could have put me off, couldn't it? And it was a strange trip in many ways, but, I kn- but already I knew something was in my heart that, about the, the nations and that God's heart for the nations. And, and slowly and surely, despite my real calling to be a local church leader, my real heart for the city where I am, the town where I am, I found that God put something in my heart that we are on a bigger mission than just our little world, our little church, in our little town, or even in our little country. God's got a bigger heart than that. And uh, thankfully, he's lifted my vision. And over the years, I've had the privilege, and it is a privilege, of going to India many times, uh, Nepal once, and Russia and Portugal and Spain and many other places uh, that some of you know about, even recently, Serbia. Now, that sounds glamorous. It often isn't, and Rupesh would say that. There's there's so much changes, you know, different diet, different time zones, and you're often involved in church meetings and talking to people with an interpreter, or in our case, without an interpreter, and we're doing really well. And so it isn't as glamorous as it sounds, but it is important, and it was very precious to be taken into that. So what did God say to me? What did I learn over those early years? Well, I'm briefly going to share it with you, and it will be brief. Uh, I just want to talk about God's plan, if we could pop that up for a moment. The Holy Spirit began to, first of all, sow into my heart something I just want you to hear. And it is that God has always had a heart for the ends of the earth. It's always the whole world. Let's look at Isaiah 52, verse 10. The Lord will lay bare his holy arm in the sight of all the nations and all the ends of the earth will see the salvation of our God. God's mission is for all Adam and Eve's lost children. Amen? All people from every tribe and nation and tongue. That was even in the early promises to Abraham. Let's put the next one up. Just going to have a few scriptures. Uh, Sorry, maybe I've jumped over one. Can we just go back one? There we are. Thanks. This is God's promise to Abraham. 
I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I'll make your name great. You'll be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I will curse. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Now, that is true through Jesus Christ, the seed of Abraham. All peoples on earth blessed through you. Jesus, that promise was hidden in that prophecy thousands of years ago. God said, I can see the damage sin's doing. I can see the state men and women are in. But I have a plan. And Abraham, if you'll walk with faith, in faith with me, you will be part of that plan. And you'll have the privilege of being a key player in my great redemption plan, which will touch all the earth, all the nations, all the peoples on earth are going to be blessed through your seed that we now know, through Jesus and through your obedience. And that's true. God continued to say to things to Israel. Let's look at the 49, Isaiah 49 now. Even when Israel was in a mess in the Old Testament, God kept the big picture in mind. God says, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant, talking to the people of Israel, to restore the tribes of Jacob, talking to Isaiah really on behalf of the people of Israel, to restore the tribes of Jacob and bring back those of Israel I've kept. I will also make you a light for the Gentiles that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. Now, this is not a full-on preach this morning. I haven't time for that. But I want you to get this idea. God has always had a world vision. He's always been looking to see the ends of the earth reached with the gospel. And sometimes, we won't have a verse for this one, so this is all right, but sometimes, even at the lowest points in Israel's history, God seems to remind them, and perhaps himself in the best possible reverent way, that he's, got, he's still on course and he's got a big vision. So there's a time in Numbers when the, 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 the children of Israel had actually just failed to go into the promised land. And as part of what God says to Israel, he says, as truly as I live, says the Lord, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Then a later time when Daniel is in exile, and again Israel's in a terrible state, there is a wonderful sort of prophetic moment where God says to Daniel, well, it looks bad, but he gives him a prophecy through a king's dream of a small stone which comes from heaven, breaks down the idols of this world and all the nations and empires, and then fills the earth. And there's a, a sort of sense of my kingdom, don't worry, Daniel, my kingdom will fill the whole earth. Even though at this time you seem to be on the back foot, my people in, in bondage and in, in captivity in Babylon, yet my heart is for the whole world. Now, that began, began to really come into full understanding and full sight when Jesus came. So let's put up a very familiar verse, John 3.16. God so loved the world, the whole world, that he's gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Jesus came, that stone cut out from, uh, without hands from heaven, that seed of Abraham mentioned right back in Genesis 12. Jesus came as the fulfillment of that, as the answer for the whole world. Don't allow anybody to ever tell you that religions are all the same and that we are all got to stay with what we've got. We're born a Hindu, we're born a, a, a sort of a nominal Christian, or we're born a Buddhist, or you're a, a Muslim, and that's it. And it's all nice and plural and tolerant and all the rest of it. The gospel, it's not about intolerance, but the gospel is not about religions. It's about a salvation for the ends of the earth, for every Hindu, for every Muslim, for every Buddhist, 
for every English person, every UK person in their secularism and atheism and nominal Christianity. It's for every American. It's for every South American. It's for every nation, the gospel. Is that not true? It's for all the world. They all need to know Jesus. He came to die for them all. Unless they know him, they have no answer to their sin. They will die in their sins. He is the way. And Jesus, when he had died and risen again, was able to get even more specific, shall we say, about it. First of all, this was before he died, actually, but Matthew 24, he announces to his disciples that this is where it's going. This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to the nations, and then the end will come. He says this is going to happen, as it's been prophesied since the beginning. This gospel will reach every nation before the end. Then after his resurrection, thank you, Matthew 28, then he makes this wonderful commission, gives this wonderful commission to his followers. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I am with you always to the very end of of the age. It's a very clear, specific game plan, isn't it? It's for every nation, all nations. We will see disciples from every nation. Well, moving on, very soon after that, the Holy Spirit came down on the disciples the day of Pentecost. And just in anticipation of that, just before that, Jesus said this before he went into heaven. So it's Acts 1 now, thank you. Jesus said this, just before what we know as the day of Pentecost. But it's important to read it. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Why? What is this Holy Spirit for? Yes, it blesses you. He sets you free. He blesses you. But it's actually a bigger purpose. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And do you know, those are the last words Jesus spoke in his body before his ascension. Now, obviously, he speaks to us in many ways now. He appeared to Saul on the road to Damascus and uh, all sorts of things. But if we're thinking prior to his actual bodily return to heaven, if we're thinking after the resurrection, the last words echoing in the ears of his disciples were the ends of the earth the ends of the earth. All of us, if we're followers of Jesus, need to have in our heart something of this great vision to reach the ends of the earth. And it's easy to miss God's big plan. When you become a Christian, it's wonderful. It is very personal. You put personal faith in Jesus. That is so important. And he does bless you. And he does set you free. And he does all sorts of wonderful things for you. And he will draw you into a local community. I'm absolutely convinced that you you can't really be an effective Christian unless you belong to a local church. It's part of the deal. You go to heaven, but you won't be an effective Christian. It's part of the deal. It's how you grow. It's how you mature. It's how you are able to be discipled, really. But God is always saying, I'm blessing you for a bigger purpose. We haven't got this one on the screen, but in Psalm 67... And verse 7, it said, God blesses us so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. It's still, even as he's looking at us and helping us and blessing us, he's looking beyond us at nations 
and other uh, places and nations. And the story we heard from Rupesh and the story we've just touched on today has been replicated millions of times in the church history and it is being replicated today. And it's the reason why we plant churches in a culture like Nasik, a culture full of very strong Hinduism. Now, I'm not anti that anymore. I'm anti anything. I just am pro-Jesus. But it is actually quite dark. And if you go there and if you see some of the temples and then see some of these strange practices, such as the um, abandonment of many elderly people as part of some strange festival. It's like as though we all went to, I don't know, there's a parallel, can't parallel it. Went to West Point, left everybody elderly there, wandering around the field. It's very strange and it's very sad and it's quite powerfully uh, traumatic, traumatic in some way. But anyway, and these are dark places, but the gospel has gone to shine there. There are other churches in Nasik, but not many. But there is, there are others, and there is this bright light, which is Grace Church Nasik. And we would have been praying for that 25 years ago. There would have been a small group planted. And it was quite uh, intimidating to go, I think, genuinely. And let, yet here this morning, we're seeing the beginnings of something really impacting many, many families. And words, works, and wonders. So you've got the word of the gospel, but you've got the wonders of people being delivered and helped and blessed and healed. And you've got the works of the elderly home for the destitute, for destitute elderly people, destitute elderly people and uh, on, on the future, we hope, a school. So you, you get the excitement of it. This is, this is what we're about, isn't it? Bringing the gospel to somewhere like that. You see... We have to be bold about this. We have to say this is God's heart. And it's not being disrespectful to other people to preach the gospel very frankly and clearly. It blessed Rupesh. It blessed all his family. And it's now blessing many hundreds more. We pray thousands more. It's good news for everyone. It's good news for the poor. It's good news for the, for the downtrodden, for the, 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 the sick and the oppressed. Never be on the back foot about taking the gospel to the nations. I have often met people who challenge it, who, who say, well, you, what right have you to go and talk about imperialism? Yeah, I don't like imperialism. It's nothing to do with that. We're talking about bringing the good news of Jesus, and it brings hope. You are pleased you heard about Jesus, aren't you? <laughs> I know you are. <laughs> I know that. I mean, it has brought hope and light. Actually, I'm stealing a little bit, but he wouldn't have time to tell you. He's actually thinking they're going to change the name of the church probably to Light, some form of Light Church or Light. We're just thinking about the details. But a bit like we changed the name because grace probably meant more to Christians than it did to the world. And it's not a word that's all that easy to grasp culturally. So they're going to go for Light, just like we've gone for Hope. Because we churches are sources of spiritual light and hope, aren't they? To, the, nations, to the, the nation you're in and the people around you. So, this is where we're all going. Let's look at this last scripture. One day, Revelation 7, we will all be there if we know Jesus. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language. That is going to happen. If God said it, it's going to happen. Every nation, tribe, people, and language, representatives from everyone, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, Jesus, 
They were wearing white robes, were holding palm branches in their hands. They cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. I'm going to be there. Rupesh is going to be there. I pray all of you are going to be there. With multitudes upon multitudes from every nation, tribe, people and language, worshipping Jesus. We already worship him in our different ways, and I'm sure in heaven something will carry on from our cultural differences. There will be a glorious, multicolored nature to heaven. Don't ever think heaven's going to be grey and boring. We all get a white robe and a similar-sized harp and have a similar-sized cloud to sit on. No, 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 no. There's going to be a cacophony, a wonderful, probably symphony is a better word, of praise, not cacophony, of praise. Well, some of it's loud, apparently. Praise and worship as every nation, tribe, and tongue is represented in a paean of praise to Jesus Christ. Something to look forward to, isn't it? And we're going to be part of it. It's something to play a part in. I have had a very, very, very small part in anything that's happened in, in Narsik. And I do mean that. It's not me being humble or something. Sometimes I feel like I'm not sure what part I've played. I've just tried to support Sydney, then Inda, and now Rupesh. Occasionally preach there uh, with probably varying levels of success, but some good, some you think, oh, did I hear, understand that? So you just play your little part, but it's wonderful to be part of God's great plan. And your part may be to pray for it or to give, frankly, to give money or to, or to maybe visit a part of the world. It won't necessarily be Narsik. I know we've got some wonderful things going on in Zambia. But I want us all, even one thing to get from this morning is a world vision. Amen? I know many of you probably are better at this than me, but not all of us naturally get there. And I think this is, it's bigger than just Winchester. It's bigger than just me and my week and my problems. And it, the, the whole gospel has a bigger vision. God deals with the personal. He deals with the individual. He straightens us out and blesses us that all the ends of the earth might be blessed.